0: Deep Talk, the Human Condition, is a member of the Teach.FM network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teach.FM. That's T E E J.FM. Hi everyone, welcome back to Deep Talk, The Human Condition, the podcast where I welcome a new anonymous guest every episode to share an emotional experience about their life. This experience could range anywhere from heartbreak to triumph or to financial burden. Whatever it be, I ask that you, my amazing listeners, picture yourself in the guest's shoes and learn something about yourself and the people around you. My name is Nick Delaney, I'm the host of Deep Talk, and first off, I would like to thank everyone for their support as the podcast finally launched. I know that this episode is released about a month after the official launch, but it's the first one I'm recording since then. So thank you so much to everyone for listening, sharing the word about the podcast, and helping me out. Without all of you, none of this would be possible. And a special thank you to teach.fm for welcoming me to their podcast family. And now I would like to welcome our special guest for episode three. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. So once again, thank you and welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: How are you doing today?
1: I am doing well. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing good too. A little tired from my John Bellion concert last night. Oh. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Didn't do too much screaming. I knew to save my voice for today. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) So although this is an anonymous podcast, I would like to ask if there's anything about yourself that you'd like to share with the listeners as a sort of anonymous introduction type thing.
1: Sure. I think the listeners would probably... Uh, benefit from hearing the fact that I also went to a Catholic high school, like I think some of your listeners may right. know, because I know that's you went to a mm-hmm. right. uh, Catholic high school. Um, and I actually went to Catholic school my entire life. Uh, I did too. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole time. I was basically one step above homeschooling, I like to describe it, because I didn't know a lot of people outside of there. I graduated with a really small class, Um, and then I went to a public university, and uh, I think you've all heard this story before, but sometimes when small Catholic town, schoolgirl, or whatever, small town girl goes to a big school, she kind of has to let loose it, so I got a little bit crazy.
0: We actually talked about the same thing in the first episode, I remember, kind of like (laughs) how you know, you're, you have all these restraints on you in Catholic school with not a bad thing necessarily, but then you get out and you just kind of want to go crazy. Like, I think our example we used was just buy a bunch of clothes because you're not wearing a uniform anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. A lot of things like that. Like, I just wanted to meet every different type of person out there at that yes. point in time. I just wanted to meet them all. I was like, what kind of crazy world is this? Let's go see.
0: Right. I move in on Saturday, actually. And I know yeah. when this episode comes out, I'll already be in for like two weeks, but I'm I already know. I'm going to be like, I want to meet every person here. Do it. When
1: are you starting? So you're doing your freshman year? Yes.
0: Freshman year, moving in. So big step. Oh,
1: that's so exciting. (laughs)
0: Yes. And I'm excited to have like a bunch of college people on the show. I don't know. Just people I'll meet at college. Yeah. So definitely open the door to all sorts of new guests. So it's exciting for the podcast too.
1: That's, yeah, super exciting. Okay.
0: Well, thank you for the introduction. Mm -hmm. And getting into things, you contacted me and told me a little bit about your story. Right. You mentioned that at the age of 21, you're a part of an emotionally abusive work environment and relationship with your manager, mm-hmm. who was 26 at the time. Yeah. How did the relationship start?
1: Um, when I was starting my senior year, like the summer before my senior year, senior year of school, I decided to uh, take up a job and to stay in the college town that I was at because I was tired of going home. I wanted to like really just you know separate myself and like really discover a little bit more independence outside of school. And I started a job at uh, Oh. Yeah, so I guess I figured I'd share that because that's kind of like a big part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who's worked at knows that like, within the team, they had these principals. And then when you were like a college student who was just trying to do a summer job, they were like, well, we need you to work into the school year. So I was like, yeah, I'll be here for the school year. Too. it's fine like that's how you start a lot of co- su- summer jobs in college because they know like losing you right at the summer right. over when the summer's over yeah so that's kind of what I started that summer was I started that job and I started hanging out with the people that I worked with more than my friends and one of them was my manager. Who, again, I was 21, he was 26, and so I was new to the whole bar scene. Oh. I was like really excited to go see like what downtown had to offer. So we would go out to drink after every shift. It was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> wow. Just a warning to all you youngins out there. Um, when you start drinking, or when you turn 21, a lot of you are going to want to go off the handle... That's normal, but do what you can to rein it in. Like, <laughs> drink lots of water, like, take care of yourself, and find really good friends that are gonna be there for you that do things other than drinking because that's not what I did. I found friends that only drink, and that was really bad.
0: Were there any warning signs you dismissed while this uh, relationship with your manager was developing?
1: Um, probably the fact that. He was calling, I guess the biggest warning sign was that he called all of his ex-girlfriends crazy. Hmm. That's always a big problem. When you start to date somebody and they say everyone they've been with before you was insane, that's usually a sign that they are the crazy one, right? Makes (laughs) sense. Yeah, so.
0: So how did the relationship start in the first place? Was it just the bars, like being with him at bars and stuff? That's, you kind of got to like be with him?
1: Yeah, it was... A lot of just like hanging out at bars, and then I found out he lived right around the corner from me. Oh. Like, I could walk there really easily, so we were always hanging out, and I was like, oh, take me, give me a ride home. And then he would give me a ride home, but then I would end up just hanging out at his place. Um, and then, but the, I think the biggest thing that should have been, this, I forgot to mention this, he didn't want anyone at work knowing. Mm. So we had to be really like quiet that we were always together, so we didn't let anybody at work know. And so no one I worked with knew what was going on. They all probably suspected it because it's not like you hide things really easily. You can't hide your feelings. But, yeah, it was a secret, too, which was a bad sign. Should have been a bad sign.
0: Why did he want to keep the relationship a secret from your coworkers?
1: Well, he told me that it was about his, um, his reputation at work and that he wanted to keep his job. Like he didn't want to lose his job for dating a, uh, person of lower rank, I guess. Right. Right.
0: Do you think that was the actual reason?
1: I don't know. Hmm. I have my suspicions, but
0: why did you decide to go into this relationship?
1: I think at the time it was the most exciting thing for me. Um, I think I was just seeking out something completely different. From what I had been used to, I think also I was just very lost at that point in my life. I was just, I didn't know who I was. I spent a lot of my time being told who I was and what I was going to do and how per like how to be perfect and all that stuff. And then I was like, I'm not perfect. And then it kind of just like uh, ping ponged to the other side of the room. I guess I don't know how else to put that. Like, right, your life is polarizes itself sometimes. When you're too far to one side, you're gonna polarized to the other end and then that's normal that's not even a bipolar thing it's just a normal like reaction that humans have when they've been strained in one direction too long mm-hmm. so like you see it in a lot of things you'll see it in music too like right how music bounces from different sides
0: Taylor Swift is like country singer and then she kind of just, like reputation is like yeah you know she's acting crazy you know
1: no yeah exactly just exactly right. like Taylor Swift or a lot of other music like Miley Cyrus is the perfect example Right, Hannah Montana to like
0: what is that one song? She's coming or, you know, it just goes wrecking like, ball. wrecking ball or even like that new one. It's a good song, but oh, no. if you see that music video, <laughs>
1: I haven't heard that yet. I need it's to called look at
0: that. Um, Mother's Daughter. That's it.
1: Okay. But yeah, yeah, kind
0: of intense. So our younger viewers, just with your parents' permission, watch Mother's Daughter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: In what way was the manager abusive?
1: Um, I think for starters, we can start with the fact that he wanted to keep everything under wraps. Like, the fact that it was secret was like a facet of abuse. I think that's the word I want to use. It's That's a type of abuse, to keep the relationship secret and not want to show your friends or to share it with people, to make sure that I kept quiet. And uh, that wasn't, I mean, that's like the start of the relationship, really, because it kind of, that wasn't the whole of it. It lasted About two years. And so like the first year was that secret, keep it away from everybody. Like we live near each other, so like it's not like hard to like hide it. Um but then the summer I graduated, so I I I started this before my senior year, and then I was doing my senior year all throughout this, like the storyline that we've gone over so far. Right. Um and when I graduated from school, uh like a week after my graduation, my grandma died. And then a week after that, my other grandma died. Wow! So I had a lot of tragedy in my life happen all at once. Um, I was really upset about it. And I just remember hanging out with him like the night before he was going to a wedding for his cousin and he was bringing his roommate instead of me <laughs> to um. this wedding after I just found out that both of my grandparents, like both my grandmothers had passed on. So, I was dealing with a lot of tragedy, but then he just wasn't there for me. So I can't, like, express how alone I had kind of made my life at that point. Like, because you spend so much time with somebody who's just not there for you, so then you don't know who your friends are anymore. Even though I knew I, I, I go back and, like, I had friends, but I didn't see them at the time.
0: How did him keeping the relationship secret make you feel emotionally? Like, what effect did that have on you?
1: Um, I think it's important to mention that it was my first relationship, Oh. so I wasn't familiar with wanting to share that with the world or anything like that. I wasn't familiar with wanting to display affection in front of other people. I actually didn't like that. I was a very private person, so I kind of just slid right into it. it. Like, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing at all, you know? It was completely new to me. So I thought, maybe this is normal. And all my friends were like, uh, no. <laughs> but I just... I, I don't know if that answers your question.
0: It does. And okay. it definitely wasn't new to him, right? No. Okay. No. How did the manager take advantage of you?
1: Um... I think there are a lot of ways... A lot of ways he took advantage of me. Um, I think he... the biggest one that was most like most obvious was that he was always asking me to come in and help at work when you work at a restaurant like that you're always short-staffed you're always like looking for help whatever way you can you're always asking people to come in and i never said no i was supposed to be a part-time employee but i think i was working 40 50 hours at some point in time at like many points in time working underneath him and at various stages along the relationship too i would be working way too many hours
0: Was the work environment without the manager in the picture abusive as well, or was it just the manager making it toxic?
1: I think that managers have a lot to say as far as the environment in your store. And since then, I've seen it a lot where managers could easily turn your environment at the store either toxic or non-toxic. But I think it wasn't just him. I think it was everybody, like not everybody, but, you know, everything else in upper management, even, that I had seen um, was pretty toxic. Like, it was kind of sexist because there weren't a lot of women in management. And the ones that I did talk to um, said it was really hard for them to advance there. And I had heard stories about, like, the field leader um, talking to the male managers, being like, oh, like, you guys like, stare at all these women all day because, like, it was a college town, so there was a lot of young girls there, so they were just being skeevy.
0: How did the relationship with your manager affect the co-workers?
1: Ooh, this is a tough one. I think there were a lot of scapegoats the time I was there. When things weren't going perfectly at the store, he wanted to blame somebody for that happening, and My time there, I saw at least three managers get fired or leave because they couldn't stand working with him and working under him. Um, One of them was this older woman compared to the rest of us. She was in her 40s, and the rest of us were like in our 20s. Mm. Um, And she just—I mean, she was a very kind person. She had well-meaning intentions, but she wasn't like the best at that job and he blamed her for everything that would go wrong there, and then eventually they got her to quit, which was really sad, but I think she's on a better life now, so from what I've seen.
0: What significance did the age difference between you and your manager have?
1: The question I would like to encourage everyone to ask themselves when they engage in a relationship with somebody older than them is why can't they find somebody their own age? Like, that's a really important question that I did not see at the time. Uh, I thought I was 21. Like, well, I was 21. I was 22 as well. I thought I was old enough to see um, things. Because I'd always been a little bit smarter than people my age, but never, like, I guess I just didn't have the experience. But I thought I knew that, I thought I knew enough to, you know, be at the same level.
0: What advice would you give to people at that age to recognize that, Someone older than them are trying to take advantage of them with their age.
1: Little things like them telling you how to feel, or what to think, or um, how you feel around them. Like, do you feel like an independent person who can follow your own dreams and desires and hopes, or do you feel like you're kind of falling into somebody, somebody's arms or something? Like, you don't want to do that to yourself. Like that. Like you. I know that people want that in their life, like they want to be able to just kind of like fall into somebody's arms, but you really also want to be able to stand on your own two feet, and you want to make sure you can stand on your own two feet, and that you have your own direction in addition to the one that this person might be giving you, um, and you also don't want your purpose to be in somebody else. It's a lot of basic um, relationship tenets that you just kind of have to go through to learn.
0: What other factors of your life did the relationship and work environment have an effect on?
1: I was, I didn't quit when I should have. I didn't leave and go home when I should have. And so I kept working there and I thought I would work my way through management and um, eventually be like a general manager, restaurateur. Cause that's kind of like what they spew at you from the beginning. It's like, you're gonna make it to the top and any one of you can be like a big leader in this field. And so that was really exciting to me um, to work my way from the bottom to the top. You know, that I felt like there was a lot of pride in that. So I stayed there, barely talked to my family for a while. Um, that summer after I lost both of my grandmothers, my mom put my childhood pet down um. and didn't tell me. And, like, I didn't actually know until my sister texted me that she had found out. So that was really hard, and that was when I was like, okay, communication between me and my family isn't that great. <laughs> so I kind of just threw myself into work for a while, and then they were opening a new um, store. So I, I think I just wasn't doing anything other than work, and like stressing about the relationship at the time. And I had gone to, I had gone on like a for international service trip for two weeks that summer, which was like a nice... It would theoretically be a nice break, but it was a really miserable trip. The leadership was pretty bad during the trip. Um, And then I think I was just also miserable. You know, like I was just in my soul, upset about everything, and had a hard time having a good time. Um, So... in In answer to your question, pretty much everything was affected by it. I still tried to have like... my relationships with like my good friends but it was more like I hung out with them once in a while you know hmm.
0: was it just the manager that was having these effects or would you say you know the miscommunication in your family kind of pushed that feeling of loneliness upon you too
1: yes in answer to that <laughs> yeah
0: it was just the manager really
1: no sorry okay it yes was- inc- this, yes inclusive um I think, like, one of the, like, four years later, I think one of the take backs I've taken from this is that it is important to work on your relationship with your family, even if, like, it takes some more initiative on your part than theirs to understand each other. But at the time, yeah, I think that, I think I was already lonely. And so, like, everything that I did was kind of a result of that, you know?
0: What effect or effects did this relationship have on you then and now?
1: I know that now I'm cautious about a lot of things. Um, I've stopped like telling everybody I meet this story, which is a good sign that I've moved on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's like it's gonna forever be there right like it's always going to be like a part of my experience something that I've learned um I've actually even had like a couple like friends of friends come to me to talk about like their emotionally abusive relationships and whatnot because I don't know I don't think I've even really gotten into the part that was like the worst for this story you'll hear in probably like a second but a lot of people have come to me to like ask about like what they need to do to move on I guess I'm like well There's no perfect answer, but here's some things that helped me, so.
0: And um, you mentioned when we were contacting each other that this relationship had a sort of traumatic bonding, also known as Stockholm Syndrome. Mm -hmm. Would you mind sharing more about that?
1: Yeah. So after that summer that I told you about, so the summer after we first met, so it was like about a year and a half, so like that Christmas. I, like, had to talk to him and was like, can we, like, officially, like, go out together? And he was like, no, we're about to open this new store together and, like, I don't want to ruin, like, my job, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, fine. At that point, I was, like, ready. Like, he had been, like, peeling away for a while. Um, I was like, okay, fine. Uh, we're not together. So, like, I moved on. I started talking to other people and, like, catching up with, like, friends and um, I had, like, a week away from him, and that was nice. Like, we just took the week off, and, like, we didn't talk. Like, it was probably more, like, two weeks. It was, like, some semblance of a Christmas break, but I wasn't in school anymore. And, uh, yeah, so I thought I was, like, good. Thought everything was fine. Right. And then we go out for New Year's Eve. The problem is we still have the same friends, so we go out with the same group for New Year's Eve. And, like, the man that I had been talking to at that time, who wasn't him, um, took me home. And that made him really mad. Like, really mad. Don't know why. He told me it wouldn't work. So I took his word for it. So we were just, like, sleeping in my bed. I was like, you don't have to drive home. You can just, like, stay here. And the next thing, like, I kind of had blacked out that night. Because I, again, a there's, bar. A, there's a lot of alcoholism uh, throughout this story. <laughs> I drank way too much. Um, but, yeah, I, would like, blacked out for that night. But the one thing I remember is the subject of this story this man coming into my bedroom like a place he'd actually never been before because we had always hung out as his place because he was allergic to my pets um and he like pulled my friend out of my bed and threw him on the ground and just started beating him to a pulp and that was like that was all I remember was just he started beating him up and bragging about how we'd been together for like over a year and um, this poor kid was, like, bleeding. Like, he had a broken nose and, like, his eye was cut. And he was, like, I, he was like, just let me get my shoe and, like, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave. And, like, I, again, like, you're really drunk. Like, all you remember is, like, that moment. So you don't really have any function. Um, you don't have any, like, of your own personal ability to like say anything or do anything and also this person is coming in and posing like a physical threat to the whole like safety of your room so like that was the last I saw that kid um he, he left so fast he forgot his wallet I had to mail it to him wow um he definitely didn't deserve it like did he know about anything no we kept it secret the whole time um Did I know that he would do that? No, because I thought we were over. I thought it was all, like, done. I was like, okay, fine, I can move on. But apparently not. So I would say that's probably the point where I got traumatic bonding. Like, this is self-diagnosed. It's not – the only thing I was ever diagnosed with from a therapist was trauma. That was it. But, like, all of my symptoms following this – Kind of mimic a lot of what I like read about traumatic bonding. It's when you go through like a really difficult situation with somebody, whether or not they're the person who poses the threat, that's different. Like if they're the person who poses the threat, then that's like Stockholm Syndrome, but Stockholm Syndrome is kind of like the colloquial term for it. Well, essentially, in the end, I couldn't do anything for myself. I was working for him. Personally, I felt like I had no freedom at that point to even look at anybody else or talk to anybody else. Um, I couldn't have broken up with him if I would wanted to because I thought that... Well, one, I thought that I wanted him. And then two, I just pictured that whole scenario happening again if I had even talked to anybody else.
0: Uh, Was he intoxicated when he beat your friend?
1: Yeah, he he was probably drunk and high, so...
0: Was he known to be violent when he was intoxicated?
1: I had seen him get upset before. I had never seen him physically beat somebody up though. I'd never seen him have a physical altercation. I'd seen him get like all like riled up and like want to like hit somebody over something, but his friends were always like, No, don't do that And I guess just nobody was holding him back this night.
0: And you mentioned he was probably high as well. Yeah. Um did he usually use drugs?
1: He was probably consistently on marijuana. Wow. Like he that was like probably the worst thing. Like that was probably the biggest red flag about the relationship was that he was always smoking. Um Yeah, and I think I think it's fair to share this part. Um the morning after he beat up my friend was the first time I ever like started smoking with him during the day. So,
0: How did that affect you?
1: Um, I think it was just me shutting down. Just shutting down everything because I didn't know how to deal with it. Didn't know how to take control over anything, so... Didn't want to think about it.
0: Smoking with him, was that just because you were in that relationship with him?
1: Yeah. I think I don't think I would have ever been a smoker before that. Like, I think... Part of it beforehand was just like some college experiments... Experiments? College experiments. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at that point in time, it was not really me. Like, I think I recognized that it wasn't something I liked. It's just kind of something I succumbed to because in order to be around him, I had to. But I didn't see myself doing anything other than being around him. And it was just, it was really bad. Like, everything about it was toxic and awful. and disgusting and depraved but I didn't have any I didn't know what else to do I don't know it was bad
0: how would you describe the the guy that um the manager (laughs) I don't know what else to call him the manager (laughs) beat was he a nice guy or how was he
1: (laughs) okay um no he was pretty obviously an asshole (laughs) <laughs> but it was like one of those assholes where you like he also had a lot of feelings so it was really emotional and so you like wanted to care for those emotions you know like right he was always victimizing himself when something happened in his life and I look back now and I realized that he had probably something like more armchair psychiatry I should probably stop but I keep diagnosing people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay.
1: (laughs) But if I were to say he had anything, he probably had some narcissistic personality disorder, which can stem from childhood trauma. So he would, like, share stuff about his childhood when he got really drunk, and you would, like, hear, like, really sad stories, so you'd, like, feel really bad for him, and you'd want to take care of of him. Um, that's That's a pretty normal thing for a lot of, like, abusive relationships, from what I've heard, is that, like... You hear like sad stories about their past and you make excuses for them because their history isn't necessarily been the most pleasant. Um, but you learn later in life that, like, just because something bad has happened to somebody doesn't mean that's an excuse for what they've mm. done.
0: So that probably wouldn't have been a healthy relationship either? No. Uh. Like,
1: either way, nope.
0: How have you worked at? combating the traumatic effects of this relationship
1: i gradually left that work environment i started by going to a different store um and working underneath a much better manager realizing a that i didn't want to keep working there the rest of my life wasn't the company for me and b that like no that's not like a necessary work environment like the way that work environment was was not necessary you know um so that's how I started to get to get out of that uh just by taking little baby steps by myself. So
0: can you describe the steps more like how did you get out of this relationship that made you feel so trapped?
1: I actually didn't get out of it. He broke up with me. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After all of that, just walked away. No, he didn't just walk away. He um found like at this point I was 23. When I was like a pretty, just like I didn't have any control over anything. Like I said before, like I was barely myself. Like I was like a shell of a person. So he wasn't attracted to me anymore. And he found a 21-year-old and started going out with her. And I'm curious now about how that went. But
0: he just did the same thing over again.
1: Pretty much. Um,
0: well, not the same thing because no. I know each story is different. But no. He wants the same thing over again, is what I feel like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's in a cycle. Ooh.
0: So he definitely does not have healthy habits at the moment, as we know. <laughs> as
1: far as we know, I've cut that out of my life.
0: That's good. Yeah. That's good. We don't... You're out of it, so it's good to just not think about what he's doing now. Mm-hmm. Although, you do want to support, like, whatever girl... Which, Yeah. Whoever he's with now.
1: Yeah. I actually told her about him and everything he had done. And uh, he'd been lying to her about it. Mm. Like, she didn't even know we had had a relationship. I was like, no, yeah, we were together for, like, two years. Like, on and off, obviously, because it was a lot of rocky stuff. But she did, like, she believed me and like cried a little bit i was like i'm so sorry like she's like i need to go talk to him is that okay i'm like sure like you can go do that and i thought she would come back to me and like we'd be able to like leave it together you know i thought like maybe she would like accept the warning signs i sent her but she actually sent me a text saying she didn't feel comfortable talking to me about it that they were in love and that she didn't want to hear anything else about it and i was like wow oh my
0: goodness (laughs)
1: okay so that's how deep you are got it
0: that's that's sad <laughs>
1: it's so sad
0: she's probably very um, I don't know she has the same feeling maybe that she knows what she's going into yeah or similar feelings yeah. um that you had
1: I mean yeah probably I she was pretty similar to me in some ways like 21, but like pretty smart. Like taking out with people who are older than her. Like didn't necessarily. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of things to think about. And like I obviously didn't know her that well. We had been working together for like six months, but it wasn't like we were the best of friends. And at that point, I didn't really know anybody there that well because I'd been like hiding so much from them. So it was hard for me to like really know, really know the people that I worked with, because I had just been myself not transparent
0: you mentioned that the relationship ended with him kind of leaving mm-hmm. because you weren't the same you described yourself as kind of like a shell yeah how did that make you feel him just leaving you when you weren't well, at your best
1: well I was also kind of going crazy at the time like and by crazy I mean like I had unharnessed emotions that I couldn't control at all. I would get upset about things that were totally normal for me to be upset about, but then he would um, shut me down. Like for like the first like so like the months after that, like altercation where he beat up my friend was like me getting upset about things and him telling me I should not be upset about them, and it kept going on and on and like I would try to control that and try to control that and try to control that until I hadn't addressed any of my emotions and so they were all kind of coming out at once and it was like I would get really upset and I would like call him over and over and he would not pick up like he was ignoring my calls and then he would he blamed me for like being crazy and just like
0: wow so very manipulative telling you how to feel and yeah uh, what gives you the strength to share this story today?
1: Um, a lot of times I think I just have to acknowledge that it happened. I think that's what's good for me. And I think that I can help other people by sharing it because I think a lot of people, a lot of women probably get into situations where they're told that they're crazy and that it's all their fault and that they can't they don't feel like they can talk to anybody about that and they don't feel like their feelings have any validation um and they don't think like they almost don't even think that they should be validated you know i think a lot of women think that they need to control themselves more than they should does that make sense like they don't acknowledge who they are and they think that they have to fill a certain cookie cutter presence in somebody's life yes but that's not life, and you are your own individual, and you have your own purpose, and your own talents, and you need to believe that you will find somebody that appreciates those, and that they're not going to tell you how to feel about them, and they're not going to tell you what to think about them, and they're not going to tell you that you're crazy when you get upset.
0: Because you're upset for a reason, you know, you can't just repress emotion, shove it back in the closet, it's... They're there for a reason. Emotions guide you. Right. They shouldn't lead you, but they do guide you. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, you were given emotions for a reason. Right. They're not um, nothing. They don't mean nothing.
0: Exactly. If you could tell your 21-year-old self something or anyone going through a similar situation as you one thing, what would it be?
1: Um, Listen to your friends. The ones that are there for you. Uh... Spend more time finding your real friends than chasing after guys or women or anyone, you know like spend more time looking, like looking at the quality of people in your life and deciding what you want to do as opposed to as opposed to, you know, thinking that you can find it in a person. Build your community better, I guess. I don't know.:
0: Oh no, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners?
1: You know, if someone does hear this and they would like to talk to me, I'm open. I'm remaining anonymous for now, but I know anyone who knows me would know it's me. And I know (laughs) anyone who knows the story like from any side would probably figure it out pretty quickly. But um, they reach out to you or whatever. Right. That's fine.
0: Okay, so if you'd like to speak with her, you can message me on my social media Uh, Deep Talk THC on Instagram, Twitter and with her permission I'll give you her uh, handle as well and yeah yeah
1: Yeah, that's that's great (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: thank you so much for sharing all of this with us and thank you for joining me today Mm -hmm. I really admire the strength you have to be able to share this story with others and I hope this brings inspiration to those in any similar situation
1: great okay I hope so too (laughs)
0: Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, get ready for some Deep Talk. Do you have a personal story or experience that you'd like to share on Deep Talk? Reach out by messaging the podcast via our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DeepTalkTHC. Recordings can be most conveniently organized in the Newport News, Virginia Beach area or in the Northern Virginia area. Remember, all stories are welcome and they are as anonymous as you'd like. Thanks again for listening to Deep Talk, The Human Condition. Our musical theme is Gone by Elephant, and that's spelled E-L-P-H-N-T, and our cover art is by Luke Dimas, who can be reached at void.mp3 on Instagram. Stay tuned for the next episode of Deep Talk by checking out our social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Deep Talk THC. That's Deep Talk THC.